Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. On Monday, the government seized the first Republic Bank, making it the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. The failure of both Silicon Valley and First Republic has exposed a big crack in our financial regulation. Why are banks failing and should people be worried about their money's safety? I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Signature Bank. Silicon Valley, and now First Republic. These are all the names of banks that have failed so far this year. Why did they fail, though? What led to their collapse? What's different this year than previous years? In some cases, they have poor management, and they have too many of the same types of customers. It's always good to have a diverse portfolio of investments or of customers if you're a bank. If you have all the same type of customer, they may all have the same type of need and problem at the same time, and that could be a bad thing. That's what went on with the Silicon Valley Bank. They had mostly small entrepreneurial businesses, and those are the types of businesses that will struggle from time to time and need money. And if they all need money at the same time and you don't have that much money to give them back or lend them, there's going to be a problem. That was the voice of WWJ's business editor, Murray Feldman. He says that a lot of customers with similar needs may be withdrawing their money all at once. At least that was the case with Silicon Valley. But why would these depositors suddenly have that need? According to Professor of Finance Amiyatosh Pernanandam of the University of Michigan's Ross Business School, it has a lot to do with rising interest rates. When interest rates go up, value of all these investments fall. So when Fed started tightening uh, starting last year, so interest rates were going up, the market value of the asset that these banks had started coming down. Okay, so that's factor number one. So now on the other side, so when interest rates started going up, then depositors started taking money out of these banks and they were looking for higher return. And most of these deposits were large deposits. That, that is, they are uninsured deposits. So what happened is that on the asset side, as interest rates went up, the value of what they owned came down. And on the liability side, these large depositors now started pulling their money out because interest rates went up. So they wanted to earn higher interest rate at some other place. So was it solely these banks' faults they failed? Was it simply poor management and reckless lending? Not completely, according to Murray. Some of the blame lies on the government's shoulders. 
first of all, where is the oversight? You know, the feds are supposed to be watching these uh, institutions and making sure they don't get into trouble, that they don't have troubled loans on their books, that they don't have deposits over $250,000, so that money is uninsured. But over the past several years, we have in this country eased up on some of those regulations, and that opened the door to less oversight. And the feds admit that they really to be honest with you, screwed up out on the West Coast and, and they didn't manage it properly and they didn't oversee it properly and they let these things go on and fester. With First Republic Bank failing, what happens to all that money? Did that customer base just lose everything? Back to Murray. Yeah, everything is fine at this time because nobody lost lost money. You know, as long as the federal government steps in and takes over these troubled banks, nobody loses. First of all, all the deposits in the banks are insured up to $250,000 per depositor, per institution. So as long as you don't have more money in there than that, you're fine. You're insured. The government's going to take care of you. If you do have more money than that, and a lot of businesses do – you're technically uninsured for anything above that $250,000. But the federal government has again today shown us that it steps in and provides this safety net for that too. The government swooped in and facilitated the sale of First Republic to J.P. Morgan Chase, having them acquire their customers and their deposits. But is providing banks and their customers a safety net when they're over that federally insured limit of $250,000 always a good idea? Professor Pernanandam believes that could have repercussions. The failure of both Silicon Valley and First Republic has exposed a big crack in our financial regulation. Effectively, what we are saying is the entire deposit base of a bank is guaranteed. Going forward, the expectation will be that everything is guaranteed by the U.S. government, by the FDIC to be precise. So why is this a problem? This is a problem because this might lead to reckless lending. What happened with Silicon Valley and First Republic, they took depositors' money and they took a gamble on the asset side, which in the good time paid off. In fact, these guys were very profitable. So in good times, they make a lot of money. Come bad times, they struggle. Then our FDIC, our U.S. government, Department of Treasury, we all step in. Effectively, we bail them out. So that creates this cycle of, you know, capitalism in good time and socialism in bad time. And that's not good for the efficiency of the financial system going forward. Something needs to be done. We need to fix uh, a lot of issues about banking regulation going forward. If creating a system of no consequences could lead to more reckless banking, should the government always be so willing to save them? The next voice you will hear will be of Professor Anand Jha, the chair of Wayne State's finance department. And he believes that not helping these banks would lead to even worse consequences. Oh, no, the government should step in because the consequences are worse. If the government doesn't step in and the banks start failing, the confidence will get worse among depositors. If depositors start taking out their money from these banks, then that will lead to a collapse of the banks, and that can create a worse situation in, uh, later on. So the best thing for the, for the government to do is to step in and try to rescue these banks. Let's play devil's advocate real quick. What would have happened if the government didn't come help out? 
if they had decided to not cover accounts over 250 grand. Let's go back to Professor Pernanandam again. Up to $250,000, they would be just fine. But folks who were uninsured, if the government did not come, they would be getting pennies on their dollars. They would have indeed taken a loss. The way it would have gone, again, a hypothetical scenario, is that then the bank's assets will be liquidated. And how, whatever money you get from the liquidation of those assets, that money will go in a proportionate basis, pro rata basis, to all the depositors. So indeed, the uninsured depositors would be taking a loss in that scenario. And that is the point that when you go, if you are putting in 10 or $20 million of deposit in a bank, the whole point is buy beware, because now you are no longer a small retail depositor. You got to monitor the bank. You got to be on top of what's going on with respect to the risk that the bank is taking. And that's the whole idea that then they will be monitoring these banks and then in turn, the bank managers will not be taking reckless, making reckless uh, bets. There's another element here too. The government helped save the customers from loss by having J.P. Morgan Chase acquire First Republic, taking on its customer base and all that money. A bigger bank means your money is more secure but is helping an already big bank get bigger while simultaneously reducing competition a good thing? It will have implication for our financial system as a whole going forward. When JP Morgan comes and takes over First Republic, you see, we were concerned about market power in banking even before all this crisis happened, right? That people were talking about JP Morgan Chase has become too big. Right after the financial crisis from 2008 crisis, there has been massive consolidation in the banking sector. So we came up with all these new rules after 2008, 2009, and one of the things was uh, that we wanted to make our banking system safe and sound. And we succeeded on many dimensions, but the flip side was that some of the banks were becoming really, really large. JP Morgan taking over First Republic, another $200 billion uh, asset. So that is the real implication, that what does a large market share by a few banks mean for the efficiency of the banking sector? Uh, but for the country's financial system, certainly this is a big event. In this instance, no customers lost any money. And as long as your bank is federally insured, you likely won't lose any money unless you have more than 250K in there. But if you want to take it to the next level, what could you do to protect yourself from potential lost money? Back to Murray one last time. There's talk of raising the insured limit and insuring more of our deposits in $250,000, but that could be a long way off. The best advice for anybody, Brian, who is concerned, don't have more than two hundred and fifty grand in one bank. The only way people are losing money in these troubled banks is those who held stock in the bank, because the stock usually goes to zero when the bank goes out of business and is taken over by somebody else. And all of that is maneuvered and masterminded and, and controlled uh, by the federal government. They find a bank to come in and take everything over and make sure everybody's whole. Uh, when this happens, they usually do it on a weekend so they can get all the mess out of the way before Monday morning. And Monday morning, before anybody has a chance to come in and grab their money and, and cause a run on the bank, everything's all fine except the bank that they use has a new name. While a few banks failed due to mismanagement and rising interest rates, don't worry too much. Your money is insured. But it is always a good idea to pay attention to what your lender is doing to save yourself from any headaches. Thanks to WWJ's Murray Feldman and Professor Amiatosh Pernanandam and Professor Anand Jha for their expertise in this episode. 
And as always, this episode wouldn't be possible without WWJ's digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for their top local news stories on demand 24-7. Make sure you don't miss out on new episodes of The Daily J by subscribing using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.